Utah football lost both Sione Vaki and Cole Bishop. So how do they go about replacing two of their top players from a season ago? And Utah landed a couple of recruits in the secondary. Let's talk about it on today's Locked On Utes. You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and thank you for making Locked On Utes your first listen every single day. We are available on all platforms, including YouTube and wherever you may get your podcasts. If this is your first time listening to our show, make sure you like and subscribe. Love interacting with all of you in the YouTube comments. You can also follow our show on X at Locked On Utes. Today's episode of Locked On Utes is brought to you by LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. That's why LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. You can post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash Locked on college terms and conditions do apply. My name is JT Wister, so former intern inside the University of Utah Athletic Department. Excited to be joined by Kevin Borough. Most of you may know him as the Locked On Buffs host normally, but also I'm sure there are a number of you who know him as the main contributor and writer at Fan Nation All Utes. Kevin, appreciate you joining us. And, uh, you know, before we dive into just how Utah does go about replacing Cole Bishop and Sione Vaki. What was your reaction to Utah losing both of them on the same day? Yeah, I, I honestly, Bishop, I felt was expected. I think there was mm-hmm. like a little bit of hope of like, oh, he's going to run it back just for like old time's sake. And I feel yeah, like that was me. I was kind of leading that charge. <laughs> yeah, too. There, I, was- I think there's a lot of misconceptions out there that NIL um, is going to prevent people from going to the NFL. Um, mm-hmm. For some guys like Marvin Harrison Jr., who is reportedly, I don't know how accurate this number is, 20 million. Uh, yeah. uh, We'll pretend that's real. There's not a lot of Marvin Harrison juniors out there that are getting $20 million offers. Um, Another year in college, while a lot of guys think of it as an opportunity, is another chance to hurt your draft stock. So Bishop made sense. Sione Vaki, I was a little surprised by. Um, I thought he was kind of going to be like the cornerstone of the defense, the cornerstone of the offense next year. I was kind of expecting him to kind of push Travis Hunter for the um, Paul Horing Award, where it's like the best, most versatile player. I was expecting that, really, because I honestly thought he made a case late into the season. So I was like a whole season with offense and defense under his belt. Um, but Hey, uh, nonetheless, I think you gotta, you gotta ride it when you're hot. You know, um, I was just at the casinos this past weekend. I won a couple hands of blackjack and then I, I rode out in the sunset, you know, I had to, had to leave while you're hot. And so Sione, Sione Vaki kind of did just that. <laughs> yeah, must've felt like you got good feedback from scouts or something in order to make this decision and you're right uh as good as Vaki and Bishop are they ain't seeing that Marvin Harrison money <laughs> they are this coming season but um it does become interesting for Utah then you know replacing two guys who are two of the best at what they do in college football and Utah got very lucky in a sense of at the time you know Cole Bishop when he first started those uh final six games his freshman year like they didn't know how special he was going to be and it was kind of the same thing with Sione Vaki we felt like he could have a breakout season especially on defense but I didn't expect him to right away be one of the three best players on this defense. And I also didn't expect him to then become a superstar for them on offense for a couple of games, at least when he kind of had it going there. So that's where it's just like, it's hard to replace that. And well, I can talk about where I think offensively Utah will try to replace him in a moment, but I think defensively, when you're talking about both these guys, I think the first place I'm going to always look for Utah. And yes, there are big, we'll, we'll talk about some of the recruits and transfers and guys they brought in, but those aren't to the, I don't just don't, after watching and just like learning about them a little bit, I don't feel as confident about them as I do about the guys currently there. 
it, this is not a situation where you know you bring in a Leavani Dumuni who started played a very high level at Stanford a year before and then comes in and starts right away. Utah did not add those guys through recruiting. Could make a difference in an impact next year, but the best candidates to replace these guys, I do think are already on the roster. I think first when you talk about Cole Bishop, I look at a guy in Nate Ritchie who I felt like last year was kind of his, or excuse me, this was kind of his year. He coming off his mission. You know, it's just you're it takes time to get back into that shape. I think that's what this season was. We didn't see him in spring ball for those reasons. He had to get back into shape. But if we remember the guy he was in 2020, he only got he only got to start those five games at strong safety, but he was sensational. I mean, he led the secondary 28 total tackles, four of those for loss, one sack, also added a fumble recovery and a pass breakup, had a career high seven tackles against Washington. Shout out the Utah Athletics website for those numbers. But Richie, a guy who we saw him a couple times this year, right? Had a big sack in a game, had finished the season overall with 15 tackles. And it felt like, okay, you saw the flashes of the guy to be, and that's where next year I'm hoping he can get back to that form. And I think the free safety spot, we heard a lot even before that Coach Coach Witt had straight up said that Teo Johnson, who played some cornerback for Utah, would probably slot there next season. And he's a guy, because – Sione Vaki and Cole Bishop were both best around the line of scrimmage in the box. You did see Vaki do did drop back a couple times and kind of occupy that role. Had four passes deflected on the season, finished with over 30 tackles, still a contributor. I love the length he plays with, still just kind of learning and getting the position down a little bit, I feel like, at that level. But I like biggest thing with it with these things is I want to see flashes and growth. And I thought I saw both those things from those players as the season wore on, some learning and teachable moments. Tao Johnson being a great one. He got uh scored on against Washington. I remember he gave up a touchdown, but he was in position to make the play. He just didn't track the ball. That's something where I'm like, okay, learn from that mistake and grow from it going into next year. I think he's capable of doing that. So to me, those are the two likely candidates. And as for offensively, Makai Bernard is the guy I look to. He was Utah's best receiving back back in the past couple of years, just was hurt this year, of course. That's one of the reasons that they needed Sione to step up. And while he's not as fast as Sione, still has some good speed on him as well. And I think that respect threat as a receiver and that quickness to turn the corner on the outside will be something welcome this to this Utah team. So that's where I really think Utah is going to be looking just internally. And, and look, Jonathan Hall, another guy, there's a few other players, Britton Allen throughout this roster that I could see like, okay, maybe they could step up and do some things. Those are the main ones though. I'm looking at to be the two starting safeties, but you know, sometimes the best options, Kevin, aren't always inside the program. Utah could be looking to bring in some established guys. Like I mentioned, yeah, I think um, I like the points you made on both the safeties that were kind of, um, I won't say reserves, but they weren't the guy yeah. yet. I think that's the hard part with having guys like Vaki and Bishop is there's not a lot of um, there's not a lot of room for everybody else to get those reps, um, especially when Utah this year in particular was in a lot of close games because um, they were playing uh, just about everyone who could throw the ball at quarterback this year. It felt like anyone who could throw it forward uh, got a chance. No, I'm just kidding. They, Luke, the Lupatari era was a, a glorious era. Um, glorious glorious era no i think realistically kyle winningham has kind of already hinted the portal is going to be their friend this year um utah is a portal attractive team in the sense that it's an opportunity to play um nil wise they're not at the level of other programs um although they do get a truck if they come to utah um other programs are offering a lot of money and so utah will kind of find themselves in between like the high spenders and the teams that just aren't attractive because they're an attractive program. Um, you just need players that want to play football and are more so focused on that rather than kind of uh, where I'm going to get the most bang for my buck. Um, if you know what I mean. Um, but I looked into some transfer portal things and I really like Ramon Henderson. Um, he went to Notre Dame, had some starting experience, had some playing experience, um, was actually 
So he had six crystal ball predictions coming out of high school. Um, four of them were, or five of them were to Notre Dame, excuse me. And one of them was to Utah. And so I really think that if they want to kick the tires on an old relationship, um, that kind of helps when I did a, my thesis, actually, when I graduated with my, my, uh, masters, I did it on the transfer portal and I did it in basketball. Um, I was focusing on the transfer portal in basketball. A lot of coaches said you recruit players, even if you know, you're not going to get them. So that way, if, and when they enter the portal, you have that relationship. And so I think maybe, obviously that wasn't the plan here, but like that could be something that helps them out. And then also they landed a guy by the name of rabbit, um, from the Juco ranks. And yeah. You got to love, first of all, I love a good Juco um, player. Um, I think realistically Juco guys are kind of getting overlooked right now because of all the transfer portal stuff and all the guys that have extra years of eligibility. But um, Rabbit is, first of all, great nickname. Um, his real name is Maurice Evans. Uh, but I think he's someone to look out for. Um, you don't find a lot of experience out there in the portal. Um, there's kind of three guys in the portal. There's guys who want more NIL, guys who want more playing time, and then guys who need a new a new scene, new opportunity. Um, a lot of guys that are kind of, I guess, in the mix um, or want to come to certain programs didn't have a lot of playing time. And so it's hard to find guys with college experience that translates right away. And while the JUCO level isn't the same, um, it is college experience. And so I would I'd like to value JUCO guys a little more than next man. Yeah, I, I think there's definitely value in them. And we've seen a couple of guys, you've seen the stories of NFL players who have come from the JUCO ranks. And, you know, in the past, that a lot of other schools, they've become key contributors and helped them achieve some of those goals that season. So I love that you brought him up. I actually want to talk even more about him and also a release, a recent recruit that Utah just landed in the defensive backfield in one moment. But first, I want to talk to you guys about our friends at LinkedIn Talent Solutions. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to have as many top-tier candidates as possible to interview. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn is super easy to use. You can set up and find great quality candidates who are ready to get to work today. And LinkedIn isn't just another job board. They have a vast network of more than a billion professionals, what makes it the best place to hire. Hiring is easy when you have that many qualified candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate Within 24 hours, LinkedIn knows the small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or resources to hire. Thankfully, with LinkedIn, the process is intuitive, quick, and easy. They have just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. So make sure you head over and post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnCollege. That's LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnCollege, all caps, no spaces on that LockedOnCollege code. And you can you go over there to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. All right, Kevin, talking about those Utah players, you did a great job hitting on the rabbit and another guy that Utah landed. And this is a Utah team that we know Kyle Winningham said before, they're going to be heavy in the transfer portal, but recruiting is always going to be important. And we see Utah utilizing their recruiting skills and bring in a guy in Latristan Thompson who comes over. He's a three-star corner and he's a guy as well that I think has the ability to eventually compete. I don't look at him and go, oh, he's going to be the JT Broughton replacement. Honestly, when you're talking about the Broughton replacement, I have more stock and just faith right now in like a CJ Blocker and just in general, CJ Blocker, Smith Snowden to go along with Zamaya Bond. That's who at the moment I expect the three corners to be for Utah. Long time away from next season, lots of spring ball and transfer store portal stuff to work out, but that's just how I'm feeling at the moment. But 
just continuing to add quality players to this transfer portal class. And I do think he's a guy who's got some good instincts to, you know, come from 24 seven sports. They actually reported that he owns personal best of 1072 and 1084 in the 100 meters. So you love the speed. That's one thing, especially when you're running with speed. Yeah, when you're running with some of these big 12 receivers that are going to be really athletic on the outside, that's all. That's going to be huge for this Utah team. And, uh, you know, you already hit on the rabbit a little bit. But when you are talking about a guy who does have that experience, he totals 76 tackles to go along with two pre- pass breakups and a forced fumble. While I was at Blinn College, that comes to us from 24-7 Sports as well. And there were other programs interested in him, like Arkansas and Oklahoma State were close to offering him too. So feels like two guys for Utah – that could potentially make an impact soon. But either way, when you lose two key players, just in the past week, Utah's lost three guys in the secondary. Honestly, even four, because if we want to include Miles Battle, he's off to the NFL with his college eligibility up. I like that Utah is focusing on the secondary right now. Yeah, and I think especially, too, I forgot to mention um, Oregon State transfer uh, Dramod McCoy is another interesting mm. name to look out for that they offered and are um, currently pursuing. Uh, he's going to take a visit to Texas A&M. So hopefully, hopefully the NIL gods don't um, strike before Utah gets a chance to get in there. But yeah, in terms of who they landed, um, Blinn College, a very stout junior college program out here. Um, I know the rabbit, I talked about him a little bit already. 6'2". I like his size. Um, I think he could come in and start. Um, realistically, when you lose guys, you give more guys opportunities. And so right now um, we're throwing out names and it's like, yeah, so-and-so could start here. So-and-so could start there. And it's like, we don't have, there's not a certain guy where we tune like Cole Bishop. We knew was going to be a starter from the moment. Like he played as a, as a youngster, like you said. And then the next year is like, okay, Cole Bishop's ready to be a starter. We don't have that yet. Um, they've had Cole Bishop who we've been talking about in that starting spot for the past few years. And so um, I like what the rabbit brings to the, the table. I just love the nickname, the rabbit too. I think that's an underrated nickname. And then two, you look at um, their most recent defensive back commit. Yeah. It is definitely one of those things, Kevin, where you have high quality players in there that can do lots of different things if you are this Utah football team. And I do just like that Utah is focusing once again on the secondary. When you have a need that arises, can you identify it? Can you act on it quickly? The answer for Utah has been yes. When you have coaches like Sharif Shaw and Morgan Scally, I think that is really attractive to want to play for and play with. And I think that's why you see Utah able to quickly get some more recruits and get some guys going. And I'm going to be interested as well just to see what this recruiting class ends up looking like for us. Is uh, Kevin Ray to join us once again now. Kevin, what were you saying there? We'll keep Sorry. it rolling. I got got the boot for some reason. Um, I, I was saying I love the most recent commit. Um, they Another flip, which I think – is something to look out for too down the stretch here. Um, early signing days, December 20th. Obviously, Utah has kind of uh, notoriously been like a, I would say, a program that gets the recruits early and just make sure everybody stays in house. But Especially I feel last like, year was insane. Yeah, I feel like I feel like they're getting a little aggressive in the flip market. It's flip miss out here, and so um, they just flipped Latristan Thompson. Um, and I really like what his potential is. Um, is he ready to start right away? I don't know. I think that's kind of the the scary part about losing Vaki and Bishop and a miles battle is you're losing three experienced starters, star players all at once. Um, if you got the choice, I'd prefer to lose like one at a time, maybe two. Um, but I would say watch for more flips, um, watch for the transfer portal. And I don't think they're done in the secondary, um, especially with all the guys that they're losing. I think Kyle Winningham is going to kind of receiver and secondary. Um, there's going to be a lot of new names to learn. Gotta be. And I think that's where Utah is lucky right now that, 
they don't have to dish out a crazy amount of NIL money to try and land a quarterback. That's where it's nice that you have Cam Rising coming back. We do. I expect Brant Keithy to come back. He's another one. It's interesting, though, the longer he waits to like announce his return. What were you going to say? I was saying kind of. I don't know. I feel like we've seen them go after some tight ends in the portal, and it's like, are they yeah. looking to pair them, or are they looking for life past um, Brant Keithy? And it's it's an interesting thing to look out for. I know he has until January something to decide, um, but Brant Keithy is kind of like a – in my eyes, it's like they're operating to not replace him but move on without him. And if they get him back, great. Right. That's that's yeah. what it kind of feels like. <laughs> because you have Landon King, who did a good job last year. So yeah. I think if anyone was going to come here, you're looking at it like, look, these guys could probably pretty easily be a better blocker than Landon is, even though I thought yeah. he improved as season went on. But Landon showed a lot as a pass catcher. And I just, I, it'd be hard for me to believe that he's not going to be on the field in some of those critical third downs situations next year. Maybe, maybe I could be wrong if you get a tight end transfer at that level, but. You do make a good point. It just gets interesting the longer Brant waits. Uh, you know, Kyle Whittingham, I think, even said on a radio interview, he expected, I think, I believe it was ESPN 700, that he expects potentially a few more guys to go to the NFL. You know, we've had Bishop and and Vaki now move on. Obviously, Vele's there. I think Keaton Bills is one to watch for. I don't think Satel Laumea like, did his like social media post to announce it, but he got into the senior ball. I talked about it last yeah. week. We know he's gone as well. So it's accept, gonna... that, That's a good tell, by the way, JT. Yes. If they accept a senior bowl invite, that means yeah. they're done. Yeah. It just means yeah. they haven't got the graphic done. <laughs> yeah, I know. Which has been, it's been a while. It's like a week ago now, Satel. Get the graphic done. We need to get yeah. this. We give, you a little, give, me, give your flowers a little more. But uh, yeah, this Utah team, you know, originally like started the offseason, like everyone's kind of going to run it back, like knowing that this year we had something taken away of. But now you see Devon Vele, Satawa, Cole Bishop, Sione Vaki. Um, I started as soon as Cam announced he was back. I said Utah was the favorite to win the Big 12 next year. And I when pressed. I still might say them. But I mean, I I mean, I also might say Arizona right now because I don't know if they've lost anyone major at the moment, too. So how do you feel about Utah's chances at becoming big 12 champs in their first year after losing some of the players they've lost without having totally patched up those needs yet. Yeah. I would say Utah's probably at worst, the top three team, in the big 12. Um, I think Kansas state's going to be solid. Um, even though they lost Colin Klein, I like their quarterback. Um, I think Arizona, like you mentioned, really good. I think they arguably the hottest team in college football and yeah. they went on this tear where they won. I think, they won their last uh, five-ish or six-ish games somewhere around there. So. And like majority of them are against ranked opponents. So yeah. like they're, they're peaking at the right time. I think realistically for Utah, to, for Utah to contend, excuse me, you need wide receivers and you need uh, secondary members, which we talked mm-hmm. about today. Um, yeah. I don't think we know if we're, if you told me and JT to put together the starting lineup for the wide receivers and the secondary right now, I imagine we'd probably get like one or two right at each position because I imagine yeah. The starters are not on the roster at the moment um, for most for most positions or most of those um, slots, just because there's a lot of portal talent out there. There's 1,200 guys still left in the portal. Um, Utah is obviously someone who is going to make a bigger push this year. And so I think we have a lot more names to learn before we could definitively say, yeah, this is going to be the best team in the Big 12. But they're they're up there still. Yeah, I mean, just like we can do it right now and then look back on it a year from now. I mean, if you're looking <laughs> at the receivers for Utah, it would be Maneer McLean jumps out to me for the breakout moments he had this season. Yep. I would say Money Parks, but once again, like, and this is where it's hard is how much of Money Parks not maybe living up to the expectation. I mean, he peaked on the first play of the season. Like, no offense, but like, that's just, that's the reality of the situation. He has made his best play. It's only downhill from there. It's only downhill yeah, from the first exactly. touchdown. Exactly. That was literally just how it played out. A lot of that has to do with Bryson, but how much of that is also 
him yeah. not separating versus coaches not utilizing him. So he's another one up in the air to me is like, is he a for sure starter? Um, moving on from there, I think Micah Pittman at the moment, but he's coming off that injury. So I don't feel good saying that, but that's just right now. Maybe if I was pressed to, I'd name. Then I already said in the secondary, Zamaya Vaughn. And then after that, I'm starting on a Smith Snowden, who did play a decent amount this year, but he'd, be a, he'd still technically basically be a Nate. freshman in terms of getting a lot of experience on the outside. CJ Blocker, I think he's straight. I think he completely redshirted. And then guys like Richie and, uh, and then Taylor Johnson, as I already mentioned, like that yeah. just. I, I'm with you. I would be very surprised. Tao's like my lock. Tao's my that? lock. I don't know where he's going to start, but I feel like Tao's yes. going to be a starter. <laughs> Tao and Zamaya. Tao yeah. and Zamaya are the two we feel really good about. Yeah. So it's going to be like one of those things where it's like you look back and we're like, did we get any of those right? Like, I'm sure we got a couple, um, but like yeah. Micah Pittman, I don't know. Can he stay healthy? Um, what is his role if they go out and get um, two other transfers? Um, because mm -hmm. he's never really been at Oregon. He wasn't the guy. Um, at Florida State, he wasn't the guy. They had Johnny Wilson. Um, so is he meant to be like your team's best receiver? I would say no. I don't, it's nothing against him. I just don't think that's a skill set. Um, he I think proven that, it's just yeah, I fact. think there's there's more options, there's more names in the portal that will be wearing a Utah Utes uniform <laughs> come spring yep. ball that we don't really know at the moment. No, I, I agree, and I it's going to be very interesting to see how the transfer portal continues to shape up for, for Utah. And uh, make sure you guys keep it not just at Lockdown Utes, but of course at Fan Nation as well for some more information on that. And we are that's going to do it for football talk, but do you want to talk about the Utah women's basketball team? I touched on them briefly yesterday because Kevin, I mean, look, the Utah women's basketball team did some big things yesterday. Had to kind of lead my Monday show with uh, the Utah men's basketball team taking care yep. of business against those uh, those undefeated BYU Cougars at home because it's a formally undefeated big deal. <laughs> formally undefeated, exactly, exactly. <laughs> See, this is why you're on the show. I like this. See, that's what you I'm know. talking about right there um, i think we, i think utah first of all to go back to the men yeah. i think they need yeah. to be 25th 24th i think they need yeah. to sneak into the rankings i think they've earned it's it. it's time i think they've earned it now will they hold on to that ranking once pac-12 play because i don't know the pac-12 was tough but the women here the women are doing great and i honestly i was shocked at how close they kept it against south carolina and honestly i thought they had chances to win that game they, they did. In fact, I want to talk about that game exactly a little bit more in a brief second. But first, I want to talk to you guys about our friends at FanDuel Sportsbook. As the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is easy to use. They use a wide range of betting options, including the spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So you can visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL. And Kevin, you know, we, by the time we're recording this, the Monday night games haven't even gotten underway yet. But is there a matchup maybe next week in the NFL you have your eye on maybe potentially? Honestly, those, those weekday games are just, just so bad. <laughs> like, I feel like we've, we've been struggling with weekday games. But let me let me let me take a little look. Oh, the, thir the Thursday matchup is abysmal. I will yeah. say I think it's like Chargers Broncos, not Chargers Broncos, but the Chargers Raiders. I think it's just, yeah. you know, and at the beginning of the year, you thought there was maybe some potential for some excitement, but that's just not the case. Well, I like the Dolphins because we got tonight on Monday, we got uh, a two for special. So we're going uh, Packers, Giants, and then the Titans, Dolphins tonight. Um, and I like anything Tyreek Hill related. I like it. I just do. Make sure you guys keep that in mind for next week by the time you listen to this. And if, and if Tyreek goes off, Kevin, you're looking like a genius. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, like you said, focusing back to the, uh, the women's basketball team, hmm. it's always a bummer when you lose. But... Hmm. When you lose to 9-0 undefeated South Carolina on a neutral site 
no Gianna Neepkins, as we know all season and you near, yeah. you give them a game, you play them close. Uh, just incredible stuff from Utah. I was so impressed by them, especially after, you know, South Carolina jumped out to a 27 to 16 lead. So you're like, okay, is this going to snowball into something worse? And yet Utah is able to hang in tough. And uh, speaking of hang, I mean, Alyssa Peely, 37 points. You said it yourself before we even jumped on the air, Kevin, how hard that is to do in college basketball. Just an incredible mm-hmm. feat by her. Uh, and you know, also you get players like Deja Young who always bring the toughness. She had 12. And, you know, Utah only got two points from their bench in this game. And they only lost by nine. I yeah. think that's incredible and a huge credit to Lynn Roberts and the staff. And look, that South Carolina team very well may win the national championship this year. They're one, undefeated for a reason. They're that good. They'll have to run into Caitlin Clark. Mm-hmm. LSU's kind of got their issues going on right now, but um, mm-hmm. we'll see what ends up shaking out with them too. But this team, the Utah women's basketball team, even though they don't have Gianna, they're going to be a pain in a lot of people's sides and it's going to be tough for them to win the Pac-12, but I don't think you can take them out of that conference race, especially not in the conference tournament where all you need to do is get hot in a couple games. Yeah, and I think the biggest question for them is who steps up to replace Gianna. Um, you lost. Yeah. She is averaging 17.8 per, points per game. That's basically mm-hmm. 18 points. So where are you getting those additional 18 points? And now, obviously, Alyssa um, answered that question herself, but <laughs> I don't know how sustainable 37 points is um, on 23 no. shots a game. I don't know if that's sustainable. And then uh, getting two points from the bench, not great either. And Utah, I think, was already a thin team before Gianna went down. Um, realistically, if you look at the minutes distributions, it's on the bench. It's 9, 2, 1, 3, and 16. So they were about a a seven person rotation anyway. So losing one of your seven wasn't ideal. Um, but yeah, I think if they could get, if they could stay hot, um, stay hot shooting um, because they, they didn't shoot well last night. They went, or yeah, last night, <laughs> sorry, I forgot when the game was <laughs> five, five for 20 from three. Isn't going to, isn't going to win you many games. And so you get a little bit better from three um, and kind of prevent teams from staying hot on offense. Cause South Carolina, I mean, no one's going to prevent them from staying hot, but allowing someone to shoot 55% is not a recipe for success. <laughs> no, you're, you're absolutely correct. I think when you're looking at those players, you have to step up for this Utah team. It is a Kennedy McQueen. Vieira is another one that you would love. Uh, Palmer, another mm-hmm. one too, you know, uh, seeing her get back and just really establish herself as an elite guard, I think would be great for this team. But uh, yeah, it's curious to see who steps up. This is still a team that look, it's their second loss now. So they'll stumble a little bit in the rankings. When you play South Carolina close within 10, I do think it's a team that still deserves to be in the rankings, but we'll see where that does yeah. fall at. And uh, it's going to be interesting to watch this Utah women's basketball season all, all year. And just Kevin in general, once like we talked about the men's team, like both the, the women's team was obviously already trending in a good direction after what they did last year. But I, the men's team has already surprised me with uh, what they've been able to do so far this year. And uh, I, I just think in general, basketball inside the Huntsman is a, it's a pretty good time. And the best we've seen both teams be at the same time in a long time now. Yeah. And I think especially for the women's team, they ha- they have this two game stretch right here where they're going Southern Utah, Weber state. Obviously Absolutely. they should win both those games by a bajillion points, but yes. that's a perfect time for someone, whether it be on the bench or maybe another role player who emerges into a role. So look for someone to kind of take that next step because then they dive right into number eight, Colorado um, to start pack 12 play, which is going to be a crazy matchup. And then for the men's side too, it's all about sustaining their, their good play because we've seen them. They obviously played well against BYU, but then we, we saw them earlier in tournament play where it was like, okay, this isn't the team I thought we were going to get the whole year. Um, they lose to Houston. I thought they had a chance to win that game, but they kind of played themselves out of the game. I haven't really seen them play a game, and I'm like definitively like that team was better. I've seen them play games and play themselves out of games more so than yeah. 
like that team was definitively better. Now, Houston down the stretch might be a different story. That was about four games into the season. But you know what I'm saying? Like they they have to not shoot themselves in the foot is, I guess, my main point. It's a great point, and it's going to be interesting to see how Craig Smith and co. are able to kind of make sure they don't beat themselves because uh, once they go against the Arizonas of the world, the teams that are – UCLA's the teams that are straight up more talented than you, yeah. that's a surefire way to lose those games if you do end up beating yourself. So very curious to see how Utah does competing against uh, the teams, especially because Utah did beat Arizona last year. That's what's still crazy to look back on. As I talked about on my show yesterday, I felt like that win got swept under the rug because they did it on either – I can't remember if it was the night of or I think it was the day before – that Utah uh, won their second Pac-12 championship. But this right. one, was- obviously, all eyes were on Utah against <laughs> BYU, and they took care of business. So it was uh, great to see them get some shine. But, uh, yeah, Utah Athletics are in a good place with you right now, whether it's the football team's recruiting or both the men's and women's basketball team. Lots of good things going on at Utah. Once again, make sure you guys head over and check out Kevin on Twitter, at Kevin underscore Bora, and you can check out all of his great work at Fan Nation All Utes. Kevin, appreciate you joining us. Thank you for having me. That's going to do it for today's edition of Locked On Utes. We'll be back with more recruiting news via the transfer portal and players committing to Utah on tomorrow's Locked On Utes.